We all were just like, get out of the house. <laughs> yeah, Stop it. For real. It's such a raw emotional moment. And then you go to each of the superheroes dealing with that and they're coping in their own ways, which is absolutely fascinating mm. to see these like super powerful beings being like, well, I guess we'll just get through the best we can. And right. they're all just in this really dark place, but dealing yeah. with that very differently, which is really deep and emotionally impactful and very fascinating. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of Real Talk. You might say that we're in the end game of Season 4. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's just a couple episodes left to go. Woo. And in fact, if you did say that, you would be accurate. It's true. Because we have a very, very special episode for today's edition of Real Talk. <laughs> Kara's gone! Ah! <laughs> it's the Endgame special. We're doing a whole entire MCU special to celebrate mm. the Yay. fact that Endgame came out a couple weeks ago. We should just stop right here before we go any further yep. and yes. give a big, huge, giant spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler, PSA. spoiler, spoiler. There are going to be world-ending spoilers they yes. come. in this episode. Look out. So yep. if you haven't watched the movie, you don't want to listen to this episode. Yep. But it's been a couple weeks since the movie came yeah. out. We feel like we have waited the appropriate amount of time before talking about this. And of course, no one's forcing you, hopefully, to listen to this podcast. Yeah. That Unless they really are. Cruel. Yeah. That would be awful. Oh. I'm sorry. So mean. Yeah. So if that's you, we apologize for everyone else. <laughs> we, we hope you enjoy our conversation about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we're literally going to do a kind of MCU themed show all the way through yes. all of our different segments on the podcast. We're going to jump right into Hypothetically Speaking. For Hypothetically Speaking today, we're going to go MCU themed. As I mentioned, today's question, what MCU superheroes powers would you absorb Ooh, if you could only man. choose one? Now, you can't take pieces from one, pieces from another. <laughs> Dang it. Make your own oh. little superhero soup. You got to pick <laughs> one person. Soup. Basically, you pick one of the yeah. superheroes that exists in the universe. Oh. Yeah. You got to like lay your hand on their shoulder and you absorb their powers. Not oh, their entire man. personality. Okay, yeah. you're, not, you're not becoming okay. that superhero. Right. You good. just get that superhero's powers. Okay. Okay. Or their suit or whatever the thing is that makes that superhero Jeez. special. So Isaac, you wanna, I want to hear Isaac's because I feel like he has his answer ready. You kick He's us like off? ready to go. Yeah. So I think that my initial reaction was going, okay, if I pick Iron Man, does that mean I automatically get all of his wealth and his oh. capital? Because oh. that's kind of like what feeds into his superpowers. That's Good point. This is true. It's, it's like he's the Steve Jobs, and you then he yeah couldn't yeah. really have his superpowers without his money, <laughs> right? So I was like, Man, money and superpowers. I, don't know. Yeah, I can see that. That's fair. I would say either that or Spider Man, just because I really like Spider Man, and I think it'd be really cool to climb walls. Seriously, and for once in my life, have good reflexes. <laughs> okay, now I don't want to like rain on your parade here. But I feel like part of why Spider-Man's powers are so useful is because he spends most of his time in a metropolitan area with oh, sky-rise like, buildings that's a good point. he can swing from. It would be a lot. I question if in <laughs> Northwest Arkansas, 
would you be disappointing. I mean, you'd be like swinging through downtown. You are correct. And then you'd like leave downtown and you'd like shoot your web and be like, ah, oh, there's, there's nothing there, and just else. fall to the ground. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> but still, you could climb buildings and I feel like that's useful that in and of cool. itself. Yeah. Like, could you swing from like light like poles? Maybe, trees. And trees. Yeah. And, yeah. Maybe. We would need to like build up enough momentum to carry to the next one. And yeah. I think with your super strength, you could probably do that. Yeah. Right. So like maybe not a normal person could get enough, you know, <laughs> right. momentum towards the next light pole. <laughs> but with your super, st- well, I'm stretching it. I just want to be Spider-Man. I just want to be Spider-Man. That's totally Climbing fair. Walls and stuff. So, okay, that and, and the Iron Man suits. That's yeah, pretty I mean, good. The Iron Man suits are pretty useful also. Oh, man. I mean, you don't have to worry about swinging from things with yeah. that. You just fly like an airplane or and yeah left field i'm just gonna choice. say deadpool's regeneration and that's my pick that's that's what i think that's it i'm gonna say that i'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about all of it i think deadpool well, you gotta explain yeah. that one then you can get, break anything i could fall as much as i want anywhere and i would just be fine just jelly bones yeah. get back up and be okay <laughs> it still hurts though yeah life is pain it's life fine is <laughs> existence is pain anson you can get your head cut off and regrow it it's See, cool. i've always I've always felt bad for characters whose superpower is regeneration. I know. Because there's other superheroes whose powers are invulnerability. And I feel like invulnerability is basically (laughs) everything that regeneration has. It's the premium version. Like it's it the just, paid version. It supersedes regeneration in every way. Like instead of just regenerating yeah. the parts of me that broke, I'm just unbreakable. Oh, you know what I mean? I'd be better in Asylum Springs, though. So that's that's true. That's so fair. that's your final answer. Final answer is regeneration. Regeneration. Wow. All right. Okay, so this is funny because I feel like I have not spent a lot of time thinking about this question over the years. Like when people ask it, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. For some Why? reason, I don't think. About, I don't know. I don't think a lot about this. So we need to do more thought experiments maybe, in this clearly, area. Clearly, I need to expand my imagination here. So I guess I would pick Scarlet Witch because mm. she can do quite a lot. I don't even know what all her powers are, but she can move stuff and she kind of kicks Sam's like, butt in the movie a little bit. It's like the color red. She, she is the color red. She, clo- the color red the color, she can do. The color red. <laughs> she uses that to move things. Basically that. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. No, I mean, she does. She's like a very strong character. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty powerful. Yeah. And it's been a while since I've seen the other Avengers movies. So in Infinity War and this one, I was kind of like, dang, like she can do yeah. Some stuff. Yeah, it's and, impressive. And the one thing that like doesn't really show up as much, even in like the most recent movies, is that she can control people's minds. Oh, I forgot like, that. That's a big part of yeah. what she does too. That's kind of a big which deal. Is, yeah, yeah. A very powerful, useful skill. Feels useful. Okay. She was definitely one that I considered too. Yeah. Because as I was thinking about this, I was like, from a practical perspective, like I'm not necessarily <laughs> probably going to be running around doing superhero things a All lot the time so yeah. what superhero powers are actually useful like just day to day that's a good yeah. point <laughs> altering people's minds would oh, certainly man. give you an immense amount of power that yeah. would be so dangerous though it'd be very dangerous I feel like you could so easily abuse that i didn't even think about that but extremely useful <laughs> Also, Anson's so. like to his kids, you want to go to bed? Yes, exactly. Let's be honest. If anyone in this room had the power to control minds, it should be Kara. Uh, like that, it, it would, the world probably, would be a better yes. place if uh, Kara had that power. Well, thank you. Certainly, it would be in a better place if she had that power compared to if you or I. Had that <laughs> that's yes, that's so. what I'm saying. Yeah, gosh. Well, thanks. Appreciate that. All right, so I think that's a good choice okay, for Kara. Okay. The one that I picked out uh, is Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. That's the one that I picked. It's a and, good one. And again, I was 
kind of thinking about this from a practical perspective. Also, Doctor Strange is a very, very powerful character mm-hmm. as well. He has mm-hmm. a lot of abilities he does. that can be leveraged in a lot of ways. But one of the things that I was thinking the most with this was the whole portal thing. Yeah. Like, I would yes. love to be able to create portals to places. <gasps> That's a, a recurring one. theme for you. Yes. We've had this discussion before. <laughs> like cutting down travel time uh, to and from places. Anything that gives me that ability, I am all into that. And then there's some bonuses. I mean, assuming he has the Eye of Agamotto with him, the Time Stone, he can go back in time and manipulate that a little bit. That's pretty useful as well. I mean, basically, I feel like Doctor Strange, if there's like something he needs to do, he can like find a spell for it. Right. right. And figure out how to he do it. He has unlimited time. Like yeah. He can just <laughs> true also. Like if there's a problem that he doesn't have the immediate answer yeah. for. It's a good but he, point. And he has all of these different artifacts and things and, you know, uh, right, that he he's, has access to. Plus, he has that super cool cape. Like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I love the cape. Is I sentient. love. I yes. keep forgetting. That. I love the cape. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> it's one of those things that I forget about it until I see it again. I'm like, right. oh, that's a weird thing. Okay. <laughs> Magic cape. That All right. cape is flying around cape doing yes. stuff. It's sure. Thing uh, it could be kind of helpful. I mean, if I'm like yeah. sitting down at my desk and working, I'm like, I need a coffee. Like, cape, yeah. go get me go a get coffee. Me a coffee. Like, yeah. yeah. As Iron Man says, the most loyal garment he's ever seen or whatever. Right. Yes. <laughs> In Infinity War. Yeah. So there you go. So that's kind of a nice side benefit. It's a good too, one. So. Always wash on gentle. <laughs> It's time for the top three. The top three also MCU themed today. All right, guys, are you ready for this? We're going for the top three minor MCU characters. I like this discussion a lot. No, this is a fun game because there are so many good. There are minor characters. It's true. They did a great job. So I'll start. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Shuri, the sister from Black Panther. Mm. Love her. She's so sassy and fun and smart, hilarious. And yet she kicks butt. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I watch her, I'm just like, I really like you as a person. Like I want to be her friend or be her, you know, either one. But she's just very, very cool. And I love how there's all of these different characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that have the super smart yes. kind of thing going yeah, on, like very Bruce smart. Banner and Tony Stark and all the genius people. Yeah. yeah. But then I love how they end up going to her with the vision stuff. And she's right. like, <laughs> why are you guys so dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. That's yeah. Like, like one she's, of the best parts. Yeah. Why didn't you just do this? Don't, right. Because we didn't think of yeah. it. Right. Like she's <laughs> at like a different level of intelligence yes. even maybe yeah. than they are, which is really kind happy. of a neat thing. Yes. So. She's awesome. I like that a lot too. My number three is Heimdall, Guardian of the Bifrost. Good choice. (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh. Nice. He's He's got a big axe. He's, He's basically a, a doorman of the gods. He's awesome. <laughs> he is pretty awesome. He has really cool eyes, too. Yeah. Like light blue or something. I don't know. They're yeah, pretty amazing. Pretty cool. I was just thinking about, I've rewatched some of the movies, and this quote stood out. This is a conversation that he had with Loki in one of the Thor movies. Loki says, I say for your act of treason, you're relieved of your duties as gatekeeper and no longer citizen of Asgard. And then Heimdall claps back, then I'm no longer to obey you. Oh! <laughs> so good he and pretty awesome he was heroic till the end too yeah. i mean he was, like his yeah. last act was yeah. a heroic thing to send stay yeah. true hulk back to earth it was pretty yeah pretty legit true. yeah my number three is kind of a throwback i'm going agent phil colson Oh, oh y'all remember Agent Coulson? Yes, back in the day. Oh, I kind of picked him because I feel like he set the stage in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for all of the fun 
side characters to come. Uh, yeah. Like he's kind of like sure. the OG cool minor character <laughs> yeah. that stole scenes and yes. that everybody loved when he showed up. That's yeah. a good point. Isn't he? I mean, yeah, like, he's cool. In the original first phase of the yeah. MCU, yeah. he's that character that like shows up and everyone's like, oh, and then he has the tragic death uh, and everyone yeah. misses him terribly. And he was kind of the first character that exemplified this whole like minor character that everyone falls in love yeah. with kind yes. of thing. Perfect. He had the comic relief stuff going on. He was kind of the every man surrounded yeah. by all the heroes that yes. you could relate to and right. be like this guy doesn't have any special powers he's not a, you know but he's just a he's just a nice guy you know, <laughs> it? Yeah. And he means well and he we, tries hard and we he root for him. he's good at his job and <laughs> i had a visceral you know I mean? reaction to his death <laughs> oh, like, I mean, I was yeah. no <laughs> was not, not, him. not nice <laughs> Loki, uh, Loki, <sighs> but yeah, he's kind of the uh, the OG minor character yes. that we all grew yeah. to love, and so that's that's why I like Phil Coulson. It's so. a good choice. My number two is Thor's mama, y'all, and oh, it came after this last what movie. A great I think. choice. Oh my gosh, she they finally I, kind of fleshed her out and did yes. her justice in Endgame. I love her so much now, and I don't. Again, it's been so long since I've seen the other Thor movies that I was kind of like, oh yeah, Thor's mom. But after that scene, like that was a crucial critical point yes. for Thor in that movie. Like he was having a hard time, y'all. He was <laughs> falling apart. I tell <laughs> you what, relative to yeah. what you would call a hard time. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, "I am giving up on life." And then his mama came around the corner and was like, "You're from the future, aren't you?" He was like, "I'm totally from the future." And that was like the best moment. So much wisdom, so much compassion there. So much like she came in so and much said, "Mom, so much mom." Well, it's, it's a definite a mom scene. Mom. It was beautiful. Yeah. She just came in and said exactly the right thing. And, and this is actually one of the lines that I keep thinking about from the movie. She says, you know, we all fail at who we're supposed to be. And I keep thinking mm -hmm. about that. Like that's such a perfect line yeah. because he was crushed under the weight of his failure and the expectations and couldn't get past it. And she's like, you know what? We all fail at, at who we're supposed to be. That enabled him to set the past aside and, yeah. and move forward. So good. <gasps> Maybe eat a salad. Yes. <laughs> Also that. good advice what for mom Thor hasn't that given moment. that advice. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. My second favorite is Mbaku. This is also Ooh, a Black Panther guy. Oh, yeah. So I have in my notes, not only does this dude live in a mountainside castle that looks like a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> Because it does. Beautiful. If you go rewatch this, it looks like a <laughs> modern brutalist coffee shop. Okay, that's awesome. But he also started off Black Panther as a villain, and he was trying to like fight for the throne. And right. then he kind of is in the background for a little bit. Yes. In the movie, he comes out fighting with T'Challa to kind of fight against Killmonger. And right. I just think he wanted the throne, but he also knew that it was better for everyone to join up with his former yeah. rival. And that just that happens in movies, but it just felt so good and so natural that in was, this movie. That was a beautiful moment. So, and he like saved his life, legit. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, I like it. All right, my number two is Luis from Ant Man. Yeah. Ah, I was wondering who would have him. It's so good, so fun. He's the best. We're the good guys, right? <laughs> Feels kind of weird, you know, as he says. Luis is awesome. His whole storytelling gag oh, that he does a couple times in Ant Man and Ant Man yes. and the Wasp yes. is absolutely hilarious, it's glorious. Because I feel like most people know someone like that. You're like, hey, <laughs> give us the rundown on this thing, and they like, yeah, tell yeah. this story that just meanders through yes. every possible side plot. <laughs> He's hilarious. I love the tone of those movies. One of my favorite things about the Ant-Man movies is that they're 
kind of almost like side plot movies. Yeah. yeah. And and I love that they take the scale away for just for, for a minute from like the universe is in danger yes. to just this person is in danger or this right. situation. Yes. They kind of make the stakes a little bit smaller. Yeah. And he's like the perfect character to fit into that. <laughs> yeah. Like this small time ding dong. Yes. He's still like this lovable guy and he means well. He's, he's so just fun. Absolutely hilarious. One of yeah. the funniest characters in the entire MCU. Yeah. Oh, and I agreed. have a soft spot in my heart for really funny characters. <laughs> yeah. So Luis. Good choice Louise all right my number one is gonna be the ancient one from Doctor Strange I know it took me a while to get to this one but I realized that I have so many quotes written down from the Doctor Strange movie from this Mm. character Mm. so interesting the one that comes to mind off the top of my head is you cannot beat a river into submission you have to surrender to its (laughs) current just thinking about the role of Doctor Strange in these movies and in the end game and how significant that was and her role making a way for him to work through his trauma and pain and teach him and kind Mm. of I mean, I say teach him, kind of put him through the ringer, so to speak. But the things that she was able to teach him, like that's a pretty important role. She had a pretty powerful role in the whole big picture of things. And even her place in Endgame with the scene of the Hulk where she acknowledges like maybe I'm wrong and like Doctor Strange is meant to be the best of us all. So here you go. Here's the time stone that she's sworn to protect with her life. I was kind of surprised that she ended up in Endgame and had the role that she did. She was one of the characters that I was pleasantly surprised to kind of see and be like, oh, we get to see her again. It was good. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I like her. I feel like she's pretty important. I guess I like her wisdom that she brings to the table. My number one is Okoye from Black Panther. Again, yes. So if you are (laughs) confused on who she is, she's the amazing ball person in Black Panther. <laughs> yes. She has this iconic scene at the end of the movie where she's fighting alongside T'Challa and Wakabi, who she's been referring mm. to as my love. Kind of like calling her bluff, would you kill me, my love? And uh, then just in the coolest way possible. Yeah. She's like, for Wakanda, without, without question. question. <laughs> my wife broke my hand squeezing it during that point, and I was like, yeah, this is my person. That's a good, it's cool. uh, yeah, it's a really good moment. She's yeah. a great character. Oh. My number one, I'm going with a theme as well, is Korg. Oh! <laughs> First of, of Korg Ragnarok, and then of Endgame. Of course. So good. Easily the funniest character in the oh entire MCU, in my opinion. His lines <laughs> in Thor Ragnarok are better than anyone's. Like, the line about so... trying to start a revolution to this day <laughs> still gets me the whole, I tried to start a revolution, but I didn't print enough pamphlets. <laughs> so hardly anyone turned up except so for good. my mum and her boyfriend, who I, I hate. hate. <laughs> so I mean, he's just great. such a good character. And yeah. then, on top of all his hilarity in Thor Ragnarok, he shows up in Endgame playing Fortnite. Right? <laughs> yep. And, oh. In Thor's cabin. So being berated by a 12-year-old. Being berated by Noob Slayer 69. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has to have Thor takes, come takes to his little, rescue and so, flame the poor kid. So funny. Threatening to fly over to his house and I, beat him up. I thought of you immediately when that scene happened. I was like, oh, Anson's going to be I so happy. so happy that yeah. he showed yeah. up. Oh, That's he's very good. good. It was so good. And yeah, I just, I, I have a feeling we're going to maybe see him again. He is now kind of this like cult favorite. Yes. Um, we need a standalone movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, so would, good. I would give anything for a standalone Cork movie. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for confession session. And no, this wasn't planned. This really didn't happen. We, 
It's great. Uh, we were wondering how we were going to incorporate a MCU themed confession uh, session. And I stepped up to the and Isaac was like, oh, I got this, I got guys. It. So we went and saw Endgame on Saturday night after I got back from a trip for work. And I left the theater invigorated, so satisfied as a 10 year MCU fan. Mm. I was so happy. Ooh. And I just noticed that on my 30 minute drive home, Brie just wasn't feeling it. Oh, and oh no. She, she brought up this point related to a certain death in the film, and I'll get to that. But my reaction to it is my confession session. <laughs> okay. All right. I took my stupid fandom and I put that in priority over my relationship with my wife for about a half hour stretch. Oh, no. And by that, I mean, I really was. This was me and Brie rarely like argue. This was uh-huh. probably one of our three major arguments that oh, we've had. Wow. <laughs> And I was tooth and nail defending my point. Yeah. I thought Endgame was a perfect movie. I thought nothing that happened was bad. Oh. Brie felt like Black Widow, one of the main sort of OG Avengers. She was even in before Thor. She got done dirty by Ooh. the self-sacrifice really? midway through the movie. Wow. Okay. Yes. So her, her case is basically like... You have all of these scenes where a bunch of dudes are standing around talking about what's going to happen, and that's fine. But then Black Widow is just sitting there through the whole movie trying to hold things together. Then she has to sacrifice herself, and it's made just kind of like a footnote on the Ooh, timeline. Really? And they mm. really... Tony's feel like it was a footnote at all. You don't? No. no. Yeah, I don't either. That's okay. interesting. I can see where she's coming from, though, because there's a whole lot more screen time given to all the other Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I also get the thing that, like, if you go back and look at the original set of Avengers, yeah. Yeah. clearly, like, Marvel had a diversity problem yeah. early yeah. on. Right. Like the vast majority of the original heroes were all like white dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And only much, much later in the MCU did they start to include more women, more people of color. Right. And I think maybe where they kind of back themselves into a, a, a bit of a corner, I guess, with Endgame is like this was kind of like the swan song of the right. original characters. Oh, right. And so those original sense. characters got screen more time. screen right. time. And so it was maybe kind of a step back in yeah. terms of diversity there. Hmm. Hopefully, maybe we'll be rectified moving forward. Yeah. But and I do think that was Bree's point that she actually linked an article to me from the AV Club. This writer says that Black Widow had great scenes, but she got the least screen time of any of the original six Avengers, even less than Ant-Man and Rocket Raccoon, which Ooh. is, that's rough. Like hearing that, you're like, oh, man. Oh, shoot. Yeah. The like sacrifice scene. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that was <laughs> gut-wrenching. That was one of the most gut-wrenching moments of the movie for yeah. me. Yeah. And to the very moment where she sacrificed herself, I was in suspense not knowing which one of them it was going to be. Yeah. Right? Like, and I was honestly kind of surprised that they ended up, I, I thought it was going to be Hawkeye. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, I guess we could debate that decision, whether it should have been. I don't know. I thought it was beautiful. I cried so much during that scene. And I don't even know why, because I didn't feel like I had that much of an attachment to her. But through this movie, I felt like she became I felt like the sacrifice honored her well and like her place in that movie. But again, that's just my feeling. I can totally see where where Bree's coming from with the screen time and yeah. the, maybe didn't give her justice but i felt like that act was one of the most powerful of the movie but also her death it was grieved but it wasn't grieved as much maybe as iron man's that's a fair point yeah and to the core of my confession session this week i did prioritize for someone who constantly (laughs) talks about how nothing matters and stuff 
I really uh, did go way against that and just prioritize my feelies against what my wife was really trying to say. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? I mean, it, it is kind of yeah. yeah. It's, it is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. At the same time, I totally understand it. Yeah, and I probably yeah. would have done the I same would, thing. because yeah. like in the in the moments immediately after watching the movie, <laughs> I was at like such a level of like emotional like euphoria yes. Yes. Like at the conclusion of that movie. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know if I would have taken kindly to a criticism <laughs> at that moment either. Yeah, because I yeah. probably would have been kind of like no. Yeah. Movie. I do think that yeah. of the limited critiques you can have, this one is valid. I am interested to see how Marvel addresses the male-female relationship in the future, like phase, yeah. you know, next. Well, I'm also really interesting to see what the Black Widow movie ends up yes. being, because they're doing a Black Widow movie. Right. So now it seems like it must yeah. be a prequel right. in all likelihood, I would think. I don't think they're going to bring her back in no. the same timeline, but right. yeah. it'll be cool to see her character fleshed out finally. Yeah. I, mean, I, will, I will give it that. Like That movie is way overdue. Oh, yeah. That yeah. movie should have been part of the yeah. previous. Right, because we don't know enough about right. that, her. That movie yeah. should have happened already. Yeah. And Marvel Definitely. deserves critique for being late on that. All right, it's time for the conversation. Time to get into Endgame proper. I'm going to say it one last time. I mean, we've already had tons <laughs> yeah. of spoilers, but yeah. now there's going to be even more. Oh, if you're so still listening at this point and you didn't want to hear spoilers, yeah. you have no one to blame but yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We, we literally have someone sitting out the studio yeah. who hasn't seen it yet wearing my noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> That's right. Because we care. Taking every precaution <laughs> because here. Because we care. But now we're going to get into the actual plot of Endgame. We're going to discuss it point by point. So this is about as spoilerish as you could possibly yeah. get. Yep. This movie starts off immediately pulling yep. no punches on the emotional impact yeah. that it's going to lay down on you as you're watching it. It opens with Hawkeye hanging out with his family. And I don't know about you guys, but the moment yeah. they show Hawkeye with his daughter <sighs> and this whole family, yes. scene, I instantly was like. Well, they're all gone. No, like, I know. Yeah, I knew it immediately. Too. Did you not know? It immediately. Like, I think yeah. that it was almost designed to be experienced in a crowded room because the way that theaters are set up, you're all chatting and everyone's talking yeah. around you, yes. especially like before a big movie like this. Right. Yeah. Like my theater was all people chatting. It was fun. And then as soon as it opened in Hawkeye's farm, I mean, hush, dead silence. Yeah. And Aww. then like that just added to the moment where like this crowd of people sitting next to you, we're all going Oh no. Oh no. That's great that you had a fun theater. I, oh I felt like gosh. I did too. I watched it maybe three or four days after it came out. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever been in a non-premiere showing where the audience was as actively involved really? like yeah. verbally in the movie. Yeah. Oh. Like because when his family started to disappear, the audience literally out loud groaned. Yeah. Like there was this literal like, yeah. oh, yeah. like okay, I'm kind of jealous of that. My my crowd was not like that at really? all. No, really? No, nobody oh, like, bad. I, I was, I was like sitting there with my hand over my mouth. Yeah. Was, yeah. No, there were like laughs, groans, yeah. wow. cheers, yeah. applause at the end of the that movie. That would be so cool. And maybe it's because we went and saw it at the IMAX theater in Fayetteville. So That's these were probably, probably people that were maybe a little more invested in it, perhaps. Super fans. Yeah. But yeah, this was four days after the movie came. Oh. Oh, out that's and so people cool. were still pretty invested. I just so. love a scene that'll shut people up. Yeah. yeah. And that really just. Oh, that'll it. do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that was gut wrenching. It's about as sad as you can get. <sighs> well, then Hawkeye's arc through the movie, it really kind of provides not necessarily justification, but you can understand where he's coming mm. from, turning the point of not really necessarily providing justice, but rather punishment. To yeah. the people he feels like should have been taken rather than his family. Right. Mm. That just, you kind of understand it a little bit. You're mm -hmm. like, okay, I get it. 
Yes, so Dude much has pain. Been hurt. So much pain. <laughs> He's sad, so he killed. <laughs> yes. Makes sense. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, and then the movie jumps in from there into basically what we saw in the trailers. Mm-hmm. This like scene from the trailers where they're all standing around trying to kind of figure out what do we do? What are we gonna do? How do we yeah. avenge our friends? Yeah. What's gonna happen here? And they jump right into that right away. Yeah. And I was kind of proud in that moment because we were discussing with the people that I went to the movie with beforehand, you know, do you have any like final predictions or something? And my prediction was that scene is going to be right near the beginning. They're going to go to fight Thanos like right away, Mm -hmm. right out of the gate. And they're going to fail and they're going to have to spend the rest of the movie figuring out how they can overcome their failure. You nailed that. I nailed that, which I'm really, really proud of. The part that I did not nail was that they were actually going to kill Thanos in like the Uh opening 15 minutes of the movie, which I was shocked by. When that happened, I was like, wait, what? Like, I cannot believe they just did that. And I had this like brief moment before we got back to all the time travel stuff where I was like, is he not yeah. the villain of the movie? Like, right. Are they going to make oh. the villain of the movie just their own heartbrokenness? Like, oh I, like I kind of gosh. thought, I was like, eventually I kind of came to my senses and was like, no, they have to have an hour long battle scene at the end and they can't <laughs> battle their emotions. <laughs> I it's mean, just you each can, one of them on a couch like, <laughs> talking it, it did for some of the movie, but That's we, the also, rest of the movie, we also yeah. have to have a literal battle scene. <laughs> so we did come back to that. But I, I don't know about you guys. I could not believe yeah. when all of a sudden yeah. Thanos' head gets chopped off in like 15 minutes in. I'm like, wait, we still have two hours and 45 yeah. minutes to go here. Yeah. The opening really surprised me. I didn't guess like you did that. It, I was so I was just kind of sitting there after the Thor walks out and it kind of goes to, you know, the screen fades out. Yeah. I was like, now what? Like, like that just happens. Yeah. <laughs> so dramatic and then the idea that like five years passes yeah. that is a long that was re- time also did not expect that either and they I, did such a good job i still remember when they popped up the five years later the fade for like each word as that came in was like super yeah. slow it was like eight <laughs> seconds long i'm exaggerating but it was like five uh, yeah yeah. And it like gave you time to like process. Like, that was another point where my audience there. Yeah, yeah. My audience was like, no, <laughs> like we all were just like, get out of the house. Yeah. Stop it. For real. Yeah. It's such a raw emotional moment. And then you go to each of the superheroes dealing with that and they're coping in their own ways, which is absolutely fascinating mm. to see these like super powerful beings being like, well, I guess we'll just get through the best we can. And right. they're all just in this really dark place, but dealing yeah. with that very differently, which is really deep and emotionally impactful, like, and very fascinating. Yeah. How did you feel about each of the characters and the way they were portrayed dealing with the fallout? I think that Thor's both intro and his <laughs> removal of, well, really removal of Thanos's head yes. from yeah. his body. That was a scene where I was supposed to be excited about, but I just felt bad for Thor because right. yeah. he so clearly has had a single, Single focus. He put all yeah. of the blame on his shoulders. He has been single minded right. going, this has been my fault. Right. Yes. And he wasn't even happy. And that's the thing. Like he took his revenge. He did what he was wanting to do. And then and it was, brought him. Right. He went for the head, which is the thing the that thing like, from the last movie. you left the last movie thinking he should have done this. And it brought he him. finally did it. It brought him no joy. Right. And mm. it brought the audience. No, no joy, satisfaction. Right? Like yeah. there was the way that they managed to do that and let you so feel good. what he was feeling. Yeah. yeah it was, was really well done. And normally yes. taking like a jolly character as Thor and putting that on him is just. Oh my gosh. This I felt thought they so walked much the weight. line really well with him they yeah. did. between like incorporating the comedy now that from Ragnarok, his character yeah. and his kind yes. of side of the movies is supposed to be fat. Thor is funny. It's yeah. hilarious. Like, it was really hilarious. Yeah. And they did some really funny stuff with that. Like I yes. mean, when they walk into the cabin, 
<laughs> and you're like, like no. Cork and Meeker there playing Fortnite. Yeah. He's walking around with his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. And like just the the shots of him with yes. the like stomach hanging uh, over the belt. So like funny. walking around drinking a beer and the sunglasses on and yes. the, the scene where they like think he's asleep or is he dead or is yeah. it like all of that was hilarious. And yet they also managed to balance that with like the darkness that was feeding into that behavior. I felt so bad for him. Like, I think it was when the Hulk says to him, I know you're scared. Like he just kind of freezes up, loses his mind a little bit and is like, somebody caught me. Like they know what's going on at the surface. Like, no, no, that's not what's happening. Don't, don't go there. And I'm going to get really nerdy for a second, but I found an article about the Enneagram types of the (laughs) Avengers. I know. I have, of course I know. Of course I did. Raise your hand if you're surprised. And they said that they think Thor is probably a seven, which makes so much sense because he's like experiences the highs and just I'm just going to experience life and do all the things. Yay. And then when he crashes, he crashes into avoidance really hard. So he just throws himself and I'm just going to eat everything and do all these things and run away and give up because I failed so miserably. I can't face it. And I just feel so much for him because the weight of the expectations, like I said earlier, that were put on him and the weight that he put on himself from that failure, even though it was all of them as a team, just crushed him. He to couldn't me, handle it. A little bit, this felt like a Thor 4 mm. in that regard. Like really? He, mm. I walked away feeling like he was one of, if not the star of the show. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that to me, it seemed like they were definitely trying to put the emphasis on kind of like the, obviously the original Avengers. Mm-hmm. There's six of them. Yeah. But even more so than the six is the original three yeah. that yeah. really had like top billing. Right. The mm-hmm. three core characters that really kicked everything off was Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. Right. Mm. And I feel like they did the appropriate thing, which was to give them closure as the people who began this mm. whole saga of 22 films. So I, I felt like they did Thor justice. And then obviously, like Iron Man and Captain America, oh I feel like goodness. they did justice as well. Early on in the story, they had Captain America, obviously, in like leading a support group. Yes. Which yeah. seems like a totally Captain America it thing is so wholesome. to do. Yeah. yeah. Because he's just a wholesome dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Iron Man thing was obviously very interesting. Finally giving him seemingly what he wanted as well. I feel like it's kind of similar to Thor, right? Thor gets what he wants by chopping off Mm. Thanos's head and then it brings him no satisfaction. It's not exactly what happened with Iron Man. Certainly having a family and a daughter gave him lots of satisfaction. Yes. But there's also still something missing. He's been trying to find rest. And he kind of feels like he almost has it. He's like on the cusp of it with his family. Mm. But then he has this conversation with Pepper on the couch. You know, he's like, I figured out the time travel thing. We could go and do this, but I could just throw it to the bottom of the ocean and forget about it and go to sleep. And she asked the question, like, but would you really be able to rest? Yeah. And he's like, nah, I I wouldn't (gasps) be able to. It's such a good moment. And so he has to go and fulfill kind of what he perceives as his duty Mm. in order to be able to truly find that rest, even if it means giving up and sacrificing his family and what he loves. Uh, Yeah, I would say that Iron Man didn't necessarily find rest. He just found kind of a temporary safety that he was guarding really mm. closely. Like he didn't want to talk to him. They showed up and he initially didn't even want to have the discussion Mm. because he knew what was at stake. Like he was done losing things. And I think that that sort Mm. of timidness that he has is equally out of character as Thor's Mm. fatness and stuff. Like they were both down this road that they shouldn't be on. It looked different for Tony because it's Tony. He's the sort of cavalier like, ah, we're going to go do it. 
And we saw the opposite of that. He was almost reserved and just, nope, I'm staying here on my farm. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to do anything. I really also felt for Black Widow and the scene where Mm. she is kind of talking to Captain Marvel and Rocket Raccoon and all these other ones that basically they've kept going with the superhero thing. And she's now kind of like the de facto leader right. of yeah. the Avengers hanging out there, but is like barely holding it together, trying yeah, to lead is. all of these other Avengers in this big giant building. Eating yeah. a like, peanut butter yeah. sandwich, which like, is so sad. Was a very like stark portrayal of <laughs> yeah. like, she lost her family. Yeah. Like yeah. physically she's now alone in this giant building. And I feel like since we haven't had a Black Widow movie to really build our relationship with her in the way that we have with Thor and Tony and everyone else, right? they did the best that they could in the the time that they could with her, yeah, I feel like. I and I've so brought too. up the concerns about her screen time mm-hmm. relation to everyone else. And I think Bree's argument and critique of the movie is valid. Giving them the benefit of the doubt, I think they did what they could to sort of build that. Yeah. She's really trying to be the glue here because this is the family that she's got. And right. they did it enough that I was, again, not having a super strong connection to her in her story. I was super moved mm-hmm. by the time we got to the pinnacle of her character's point in the middle of the movie I had become attached to her because of everything she was going through and she went after Hawkeye which is so great and redemptive I was reading an article the other day about how he was the Avenger that always went after the ones that didn't have a place Mm. and basically brought them in and said like you're an Avenger now and what you were doesn't matter Mm. and it seems like she was giving that back to him Mm. all right so here's kind of a fun point think about this the entire MCU universe was saved by a rat what oh yes the rat in the in the <laughs> in the storage, in the storage facility unit. oh my gosh scott You're lang so right. gets shot out of the quantum realm five years later <laughs> because a rat stepped on like the remote control right and if the rat never would have stepped on the remote control okay, scott lang never gets out of the quantum realm yep. and none of the rest of this ever happens yep i don't want to think about that <laughs> That's it all amazing. came down to, to a the rat. rat. That is amazing. That's so wow. Good there, point. There are no small rats. <laughs> exactly. We're all in this big tapestry. That rat of is a hero. Favorite supporting character. Yeah, he should be an honorary Avenger. Darn it. It's true. We need to go They're find doing him the and, new lineup for the poster. Yeah. Rat. rat. <laughs> they need to inject him with a super serum or something. Oh my and let him gosh. be super rat. Super rat. Oh. So then Scott Lang comes out of the quantum realm. Now this is something that I feel like a lot of people had kind of gotten into a lot of people are kind of predicting somehow Mm. ant-man quantum realm all of this is going to be an important plot point right when it comes to the movie were you happy with kind of how all that came about and how they used that and ant-man showing up at the (laughs) avengers like door being like hey guys like remember me remember me you know the ant dude yeah i'm still here i think other than going with the internet's just vile and gross theory that (laughs) Ant-Man was going to go up Thanos' rear and explode outward. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was the thing. I'm only referencing it because it was there, so there prevalent was a, a, on the internet. Very, yes. Wow. An internet theory that he was going to climb inside of Thanos and then expand <laughs> and blow him up. So. I think oh, other okay. than that, this was the best way to do it. And I think we did it the best way other than that. Yes. So, yes. And I was talking to someone the other day who said they were happy that they didn't solve it just with time travel. Like there was time travel, but it wasn't like they just went back and killed Thanos. It was more complicated than that they kind of allowed for the complexity (laughs) we have to do it in this certain way and here are the rules right i've heard some people talk about like the rules of time travel in this movie do they really hold up or make sense and honestly i'm not sure if they do completely it might be a little bit hand wavy like you know like yeah it's time travel just this is how it works like honestly like i'm fine with that i am too i don't really have a problem with like 
does this theory of time travel actually hold up logically all the way through? Who was the one that suggested uh, that they go back and kill baby Thanos? Was it Rhodey? The one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. They were that talking about that. Funniest. Yeah. That was great. What and then it, just go back and like, dude, you can't do that. They're like, it's Thanos. Yeah. Who was it that objected to it? Was it Ant-Man or somebody else? Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. That's one of the things I love about the the movie is maybe it doesn't close off every loophole, but like there are certain things you always think about like that. Like, well, if they're time traveling, why wouldn't they just go back and kill the the baby? I feel like what happens is like the writers for this movie clearly were like sitting in a room as they're writing this. They're all nerds. And they they think of all of these things that all the nerds are going to think of. And in many cases, they actually work it into the movie. Like all the back to future references are awesome. There's a hot tub time machine reference in this movie. (laughs) If you know, you know. (laughs) So great. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. really? Back to the Future was it's wrong? It's just a bunch like, of bogus? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that was great. I love like all of the discussion about all of that. Uh, stuff. And, and so normally fun. the entire like plot point of time travel gets a little stale for me because uh-huh. I keep watching I'm like, okay, this means we're going to just rewatch a bunch of attempts to do this thing. And I was right. prepared to be bored when I realized the direction they were going. Yeah. And I wasn't. And yeah. I'm someone who like, I, I don't really rock with the whole time travel thing normally, but this was pretty neat. I, was, I feel like all of the different teams that ended up traveling back in time. Right. Mm-hmm. Ended up being really cool. They did like, it in yeah. such a way I mean, that it wasn't lazy. To yeah. Me. Like the New York one was fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, to get to see them on the set of like the classic Avengers movie. Again, yes. Like I feel like the Avengers movie, Iron Man was good. The original Captain America was good and Thor and those movies. But I feel like the MCU really hit its stride and hit a fever pitch with the yeah. first Avengers movie. Mm. That was when people were like, oh, this is a thing. Like, this is a cultural <laughs> phenomenon yeah. now. Yeah. And so they were able to go back to the set of that movie. That was fun. And I love that the fact that they forced Hulk to yeah. take the stairs ended up being a massive plot point <laughs> yeah. because he ruined the whole entire plan just yeah. because they made him take, take the, the stairs. stairs. I love the simplicity of like the mind of Hulk. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he could have just like jumped out the window, slid down the building. Right. But no, he just takes them at takes their word. The that we're like, they told him you to. need to take yeah. the stairs. He's like, oh, Okay, I take stairs. I like, hate the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> so many stairs. Like, yeah. I love that. That whole sequence was really fun. That I was thought. funny. And Loki, yeah, picking up the Tesseract and just kind of looking around. Oh, yeah. just okay. Like, <laughs> that is kind of interesting. I'm like, was, now there's some like alternate timeline somewhere where yeah. Loki's running around with the Tesseract doing yeah. Loki things. Yeah, right. I wouldn't be surprised if we come back to that in like a TV show or something yeah, at some point. Probably. I think it was an awesome way to also kind of contrast how far we've come with these characters with yeah. their development mm. because we took all of them back and sort of had this juxtaposition between this ultra serious Captain America right. and then like the captain that we have now. The who's Captain like, America fight was awesome. That like, was. All right. I know. All right. I know. Captain, I know. He's like almost he says his line of like, I could do this all day. And you're like, I know that's your kitschy tagline. <laughs> old Captain America. <laughs> so like, cute. Yes, yeah. we know. Yes, like, like he has some healthy self-deprecation right. going on now yeah. where he's like, get over yourself. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, Buzz Lightyear from like, yeah. Toy yes. Story. You know, <laughs> like Buzz Lightyear like thinks he's like the actual Buzz Lightyear yeah. and then later on he's like, really? Like, was I so delusional? What? The yes. Toy Story 2 dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. so cute. Oh, I love it. Uh, and then of course they did get the uh, Captain America butt joke in there. Oh my gosh. Is, <laughs> I've been saying was, that way too much that was amazing (laughs) yeah okay so that was one of the teams that went out i was actually surprised by how crucial nebula ended up being in this movie i liked that she also went from so one-dimensional and single focus to just she's just this like jerk villain right mean person 
to now all of a sudden she's part of the team yeah. and has some nuance to her character. Oh, I love so what good. they did with her character. And it, it was so surprising to me, like that whole sequence and how it unfolded. I was like sitting in the theater like, no, no, no. Like what's happening? Yeah. And I yeah. did not see that coming at all. She's always been cast, I feel like, as the like secondary billing to Gamora's yes. character, which is fine. Gamora is a cool character as yes. well. But she was always kind of the like mm-hmm. evil stepsister of yeah. Gamora was really yeah. all that I ever thought about her. Right. And now all of a sudden with like Gamora now basically being reset to yeah. like where yeah. she was previously, Nebula kind of became the primary character of that pairing yeah. Yeah. and even kind of brought Gamora along a little bit in this movie. Which was super cool. And there are so much emotions with her because you just see that all she's ever wanted to do mm. was to make her father happy. And when uh. someone like that just repeatedly fails, you just watch that weight on her. And yeah. then she realizes yeah, that painful. even my efforts were to the wrong end. And then right. she's just right. Rather and than Thanos just give up. So cruel to her yeah. yes. throughout all of that. Like, and then like it's the, heartbreaking. The scene at the very beginning when Thanos dies and her reaction to that. Mm, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I was like, what in the world? Yeah. This is so painful right there. It's hard. It's all really of hard. the feels. So I was, yeah, I was happy that they gave her kind yeah. of the time that they did. And yeah. as far as like the plot device goes, you know, how they kind of clued Thanos oh past Thanos into all of that. I love the way that that came together Yes, like, because you got Thanos back into the movie, right? So we right. can have our big Thanos battle at the end, which yeah. is all good fun. <laughs> but the way that they brought him back into it was totally like plausible to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like this. Oh, we just went back and resurrected Thanos no. who got his head chopped off. And yeah. then, you know, like they weaved all that together in a way that totally seemed like yeah. surprising. Never would have seen that coming or predicted how Me they either. did that, but also totally plausible and believable as you're watching the film. Can I just say that I love in game Thanos so much? As far as just, <laughs> I love a good bad guy, and man, uh, he brings it. He's like, he's a bad guy. Oh my goodness! He kind of goes from. It's interesting because I, I really loved him in Infinity War. Yeah. yeah, he was one of my favorite, maybe only below Killmonger, which that would be a whole side trail. He is this like big, powerful being who can clearly like kick people's butts. Yeah, but also like he has this intellectual side yeah. to him, this like emotional side to him. He feels like this is like the sacred duty of his right. to do what he's doing and he does it with gravitas like yeah, there's this, true. this like weight on him he takes no joy right in mm. what he's doing right interesting and, and he kind of turns the corner a little bit yeah. 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 where all of a sudden he even says is it to captain america yeah, I think, captain in america. the final battle where yeah. he's like i've never taken any joy in what i've been doing but i'm but gonna n- enjoy I'm going this to now it's like, like we've watched ooh. yeah thanos had this role like you're talking about of kind of like this person tending a garden knowing that you have to cut out these certain sections of rot to make sure the garden thrives we've watched him go from that in infinity war to going i need to burn the garden (sighs) and reset and you just watch him shift from like kind of like this stoic almost philosophy based person to okay well fire and brimstone time yeah like now you get the worst of me at the best of me i took half of you now you're getting the worst i'm like oh oh, 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 oh." (laughs) (laughs) isaac yeah oh so good uh the whole Kind of final sequence was Man. pretty riveting. I feel like they checked every single box throughout that whole entire sequence. Mm. They give every character for like their due against yeah. Thanos yeah. and yeah. the moment where all of the heroes show up oh through like the Doctor Strange gosh. portals. 
Speaking of audience reactions, there was applause in my audience when that happened. Yeah, I got emotional, like teary at that point in the (laughs) movie, which seems weird. But I was like, oh, my gosh, there they are. It's totally time. It was so gratifying and so beautifully perfect. I had this emotional reaction when all of the Wakandan soldiers were like all chanting all at once behind the child. I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) There they are. Ugly sobbing. I do wish that we had more of Captain Marvel, especially considering we had this movie kind of almost setting up this. It felt a little bit weird to yeah, kind of like, kind let's of talk weird. about her. I was yeah. surprised, honestly, by how little she ended up doing, yeah. which is interesting because going into the movie, most people's concern and worry was that she was going to be the deus ex machina. If anything, I felt like they went so far in the opposite direction right. yeah. that almost she didn't maybe even have enough to do. A little do. bit oversteered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, that was probably what happened. I mean, I get the whole, like, there's lots of planets in the universe and she's helping in other places. Yeah. But the fact that she didn't show back up to go collect the Infinity Stones from the past. Yeah, I was that like, seems weird. I was like, really? There's nothing more important in the universe going on than this right now because right. this affects the entire universe. Mm. So she couldn't make time to come back and be part of one of the teams that went and got the Infinity Stones? Like, what? That's Why a good... is she not a part of that? And mm-hmm. then she ha- makes a very cool entrance into the final battle, but also a very late one. They're very clearly setting her up to be a major part of the universe going forward. Yeah. Maybe even the leader of the Avengers going forward. So in a perfect world, then, I would say maybe we got the Captain Marvel movie before Endgame when we should have gotten it after. Mm, almost. Maybe. Because I feel like that set me up expecting more than I was. Yeah. I think had we had what we had of her in this without having seen Captain Marvel before mm. it, we would have been okay. Right. Well, that's, but now I, that we, that's how I experienced it because I haven't okay. seen, Captain, haven't Marvel. seen okay. Captain Marvel. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't as disappointed. I was like, right. oh, so yeah, she wasn't like, in it this much. This yeah. new character that's yeah. kind of like, getting okay, introduced. Cool. Yeah. yeah, she's if helping. Anything, <laughs> if anything, yeah, maybe that order almost makes more sense. I think it does because yeah. I'm just not, I now knew what she was capable of. So yeah. the whole time I was like, just call her. I heard people complain about how powerful she is. She's like fighting Thanos and Thanos, I believe at the time, is in possession of all of the Infinity Stones. Yeah, he is. So he is like Uber Thanos at that point. Mm-hmm. He punches Captain Marvel in the head and nothing happens. And he like yeah. does a double take, right? That's something. And everyone's like, wait a second. That's a good point. Like, that was maybe a little much. Yeah. yeah we set her up to effectively be the Superman of this universe. Right. And we only use her for like 10 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> well, Which just yeah. makes me a little concerned for her future of like, right. how yeah. can we leverage her character if she's that powerful? Right. right. It's just going to be hard to do and still mm. make like any sort of threat seem believable. That's true. You know what I mean? Okay. Who point. else do we need to discuss in this final segment? There's a Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch. We probably need to discuss her. Oh my gosh. That was a great moment. So such a gratifying moment. Isaac, you were saying earlier, like Thanos, the shade that he throws in her face in that moment where she's oh like, gosh. you ruined my life. And he's like, who are you? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, he, I don't even know who you yeah, are. Yeah. Oh, which is one of the most like yeah. mean lines that he's ever uttered. To say to someone after they've made you the focal point of all their anger for all these years that yeah. you yeah. don't even have the satisfaction of my attention. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> she got his attention, though. Oh, which so is great. Because if you look at Scarlet Witch's powers, she's yeah. incredibly she's Powerful, so powerful compared to a lot of these other characters and yeah. yet she doesn't ever end up doing as much as captain america who's just fat
fast and strong. Yeah. I feel like they kind of actually gave her a moment in this movie like to she demonstrate had, that. She had him worried. Like, right. like, he she, was, like she was beating him, I yeah. think. And he's like, okay, time to bring out the backup firepower and right. stuff. He had to bring out his big guns. But he like, smokes all of his own men. I know, yeah. which is lame, but it was Thanos. He was clearly yeah in a position of vulnerability yeah. at that moment. She, which is she had him fun worried. To see. I know there's all of these great characters and all of these great moments, but let's talk about the one that, in my opinion, was the moment of the movie. I know what you're going to talk about. And that's Captain America and the Hammer. The Hammer. Oh, that was good. That Talking was so about good. audience reactions. <laughs> Cheers and clapping in my showing uh, when all of a sudden Captain America shows up with the hammer and then Thor's like getting reaction to yeah, yeah. I knew it and this is a callback yeah, right we yeah, gotta yeah, discuss say, he's yep. calling we back gotta to the movie. do the callback back to Age of Ultron I don't remember oh. this tell me okay so in Age of Ultron there's a scene where they're having a party and Thor's hammer is sitting on the table. And all of the different superheroes are taking turns trying to pick up the hammer. Yes. Because no one can pick up the hammer. So Captain America steps up to it to take his turn, flexes his big Captain America E muscles, grabs the hammer, pulls, and it shifts slightly. <gasps> and like Thor slightly. And notices Thor it. sees it and is like worried. Like, yeah. wait, is he gonna pick it up? And then Captain America stops and is like, ah, no, can't do it. And Thor's ah! like, oh, phew. Yeah. That's funny. So now the theory goes either Captain America was not worthy to pick up the hammer because that's that's the whole thing with the hammer. Right. right? right. Only those yeah, who are Mjolnir worthy is only. Yeah. Can lift it. Yeah. So either Captain America wasn't worthy at the time and in the intervening period became worthy or my preferred theory. Yeah. Captain America could have picked it up then. But he was and he was protecting Thor's ego yeah. by not picking it up. And he just kind of shifted it to let Thor know, like, yeah. oh, you better be worried. Uh, yeah. no, uh, I, no, I, can't I can't lift it. Uh, I can't lift it. That sounds more. But he really plausible. could the whole time. Yeah. And here finally he does. And that then good. that's when Thor's like, I knew it. I knew you could pick that up. Yeah. Uh, what a moment, though. That, that was, was so, so good. like as a comic book nerd. That's like. Yeah. The moment of moments right there. Is it not, Isaac? I was ugly screeching. <laughs> I, I just, I was like, okay, everyone else is making noise. I'm just going to start yelling too. So I started yelling. That's awesome. Great. And then where they're in the middle of the battle and they like switch. Like yes. he has yeah. the, the axe one person. No, no, you take the little one. You take the little one. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, this was the one of the movies where I rarely get a sense of just awe and for mm, lack of a better word, Marvel. But, yeah. And mm. I had just all of that in those few moments where I was just going, yeah. For once in a long time, I did not expect any of this. Mm -hmm. And now I never wanted to end ever. Yeah. Like, I. <laughs> I'm yes. just it was so good it was a three hour long movie and I felt like I could have turned around and walked back into the theater oh, yeah. right afterwards to for watch sure. it again mm, all right let's sure. talk we got a couple more things to cover here till we get yeah, to the end yeah. let's talk Iron Man at the end of the battle guys, and his moment guys. I am Iron Man which by the way is also a callback yep to oh. his very first movie when he steps into Damn his press goodness. conference and tells all the reporters <gasps> I am Iron Man he reveals his identity to the world and then credits yeah oh. and this is a call back again to that statement i am iron man remember that. Um, puts on the gauntlet snaps Ugh. thanos out of existence which is the perfect way really to end thanos is it not uh, yeah killed homeboy two ways in this movie yeah he died yeah. twice i think it's fair to give iron man that moment he's yeah. the one that got all of this going and that was the cool character thing. that yeah. i went with my 16 year old little brother and i was his age when i watched the premiere of the first iron man movie mm. still have my ticket for it by oh, the way 
my god! Nice. And That's that cool. was just a really cool experience to watch. Immediately when that happened, I was like, dude. And he looked over at me and he was like, dude. dude. <laughs> yeah. Because he's seen it too. And he kind of gets that this has been the end of 10 years worth of you know <sighs> films. So that was just yeah. wild. It was so, so emotional. That's the second time I cried so much <laughs> during this movie. Yeah. So when, yes, uh, when Black Widow dies and then at that moment, the ending mm. scene with him and with Spider-Man coming yeah. up, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, mm. we won. I'm like, stop it. And then yeah. Pepper, yeah. we're going to be okay. You can rest now. Right. Like Finally, you can rest. He yeah. finally got what he wanted the Jeez. whole entire time, which was he did what was necessary to protect yeah. his family, his extended family of superheroes, yeah. all yes. of these people. He Ugh. can finally rest and be at peace. Right. Right? Because one way or another, he's been working towards that. And in fact, that's actually a point of contention between him and Captain America at mm. the beginning of the movie where he's saying, we could have stopped this, but you didn't want to do it. Like oh. referencing the shield protocol that he helped right. put initiative in. Yeah. He was like, we could have done that. And now, Ooh. right. Get so he finally finds his rest at the end. Yeah. This is the final thing I guess that we got to discuss is basically where we go from here. One is Thor getting on the ship with the Guardians of the oh Galaxy. Oh my gosh. Which I love. That yeah. was hilarious. If there's one character from the OGs that they're going to keep, putting Thor with Guardians of oh the Galaxy is going to be a blast. Is yes. it not? Like, if it he's going to be, yeah. be an Asgardian of the Galaxy. <laughs> Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Oh, that's so going to be a lot of fun. The moment between f- him and Quill was amazing. Yes! <laughs> the, who's in charge? In charge. Like, yeah. Of course you are. Yeah. There will be no I knifing love, of I, one I, another. I love Mantis's line. Like, yes, use knives. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there will be no knifing. So Guardians of the Galaxy 3 obviously got its set up. Oh. Gamora now is... Somewhere. That's got to be the, the yeah. plot of the next... Right. Like Guardians where is Galaxy Gamora? Movie, right. Is them yeah. trying to find Gamora. And then we have to talk about the ending with Captain America. Oh, bonus fun thing to think about, which I mentioned to Isaac yesterday, by the way, his original villain, Red Skull, uh-huh. is the guy that is uh, hanging out with the soul stone, the orange stone, right? Oh. The guy with the red face. Uh-huh. Captain America has to go back and return the soul stone oh. to like this villain. Yep. I would have loved to see that scene and how that went. Right. But anyway, Captain America does not come back. He ends up sitting over here on the bench as an old man. What did you guys think of that ending? Because that is the one thing that I've seen a number of people complaining about. Some people said it was very out of character for him to like shirk his duty because he was like all about you can't just sit on the sidelines even if you want to. But he did. The job was done. Yeah, (laughs) it was done. That's how I felt too. Yeah, Yeah. and the way that they like set up all the timey wimey stuff. Yeah, (laughs) like there's another Captain America running around doing Captain America things. Right. Right. Like Like, yeah, there was no time lapse there. There was no. It's not like yeah. Captain America ceased to exist yeah. and do his job or something. Right. It's just he did it up to that yeah. point. I was like, come on, man. He deserves his dance with Peggy. Yeah, come yeah. on. He deserves oh. his dance with Peggy. <laughs> I mean, they, they set that up, like the whole movie, too. I mean, yeah, that he, was, yeah. all of a sudden he's like looking at his little watch again the whole time. He has the moment back in the 70s where he yes. sees Peggy through the window, which oh. was a little weird how close they were to each other. And she, yeah, didn't, and she didn't see him. I know. On the other side of the glass. I thought that, too. But that aside, like, you know, they were setting that up clearly the yeah. whole movie that. That's that was, what he was going to do. I thought it was gratifying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like happy I for him. And then he hands yeah. off the Captain America shield to yeah. a new generation. I'm so Which a lot of people were like, that. wait, I thought yeah. it was going to be Bucky. I know. That was, was interesting. Not. I will watch that movie. I think it makes sense because Bucky is still kind of part of the previous gen yes. of people mm. compared to Sam, who is kind of a new yeah. I just, character I just the am, next generation. Yeah. I'm happy about moving forward with a Black Panther franchise as well as a black captain america franchise mm. i just feel like that is a cool direction to take it from what we've already had which is yeah. a very 
Caucasian mm-hmm. cast of right. people. Yeah. That's, and that's what I was saying about the like diversity thing. Does Marvel deserve some criticism for where they were at the outset with all the white heroes and not mm-hmm. very many women or people of color? I think so. I also want to give them a little bit of credit and say, I think yeah. they're trying to fix it. Yeah. I'm and interested they're, they're to moving see. it in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't absolve them of the mistakes they made at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. But I do think they're moving it in the right direction. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Well, if you're tired of us yammering on about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're going to talk about one thing in this episode that's not related to the MCU. It's true. And that's our on repeats this week, because we couldn't really think of a way to incorporate the MCU <laughs> or into we would have. on repeat this week. Or, yeah, we, we probably would have. So the beta tester on repeat for this week is Symphony by Switch and Dylan Chase. is a new band that comes from Life Church and Switch is also the name of Life Church's student ministry for 6th oh, cool. through 12th graders. So basically this is the youth group band from wow. Life Church and this has become a much more popular thing in Christian circles. I feel like pretty much every mega church now yeah. has yes. a house band, vertical worship, elevation worship, yeah. anything that talks about height with the word worship <laughs> on the end. At least Switch is a little bit of a different Wait name. a minute. Uh, <laughs> At least Switch is a little bit of a switch up from yeah. some of these uh, other names that have been very popular <laughs> among these worship collectives. But yeah, it's basically a group of worship leaders from Life Church now that is kind of stepping outside of just worship ministry for their church and is really releasing a new EP called Symphony that is out now. And this song Symphony is the title track mm-hmm. of this EP. And I've seen kind of mixed reviews on the EP as a whole. It's kind of your typical top 40 pop, I think, that you would hear nowadays. Mm-hmm. But Symphony in particular, I think, is a song that really works. Mm-hmm. There's definitely kind of some traditional church lyric kind of yes. stuff going on with this song. And that's kind of one of the things that people have said about their EP as a whole. Mm. But I think it's not so derivative and cliche that it's right. frustrating right. and annoying. No. You know what I mean? It's a like, good song. I really like this song. Yeah. It talks about the search for peace in the middle of chaos mm-hmm. is, is basically what the song is about. And kind of the idea that a a symphony is representative of that Mm. as a metaphor, finding peace and beauty and order in the middle of a really chaotic world. And I think that's a really timely message for where we find ourselves today. I love the Dylan Chase bridge near the end. I think that adds a lot to the song as well. I'm always down for a a hip hop bridge thrown into a song and it feels like it fits too. It doesn't necessarily feel like it's just like tacked on or something. Yeah. I think it works in the context of the song. So it's a really good song. It's doing really well for Christian CHR right now. I think it's the number one song in the country. Wow. Um, And so I think we're going to see and hear a lot more from switch uh, in the future. My personal on repeat this week is with you by Gabby. So this is another one that's on our top 20 Spotify list right now. And since it came out, it's one of those that the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, I really like this song. This is really powerful. 
And it feels kind of fitting for our discussion with Endgame today because it's a song about Gavi losing his best friend. And I didn't know this about this song. He talks about he lost his best friend. He was not able to attend the funeral. Mm. And during this time, he was also battling depression and having some struggles in his marriage, different things. It's just a song about I go through the dark places in life as well. And it's a song about the power of walking through those places together. And he talks about Romans twelve fifteen: rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. He says, I wanted everyone to know that I'm human. And in the same way that everyone deals with these struggles, like I'm dealing with them also. I want them to feel the emotions I had and let them know I'm going through things just like you are. I didn't want to give you an answer. I just wanted to cry with you mm. and be there for you. And I think that's kind of powerful. Like it seems a little bit like, oh, okay, but... That's what we need so much in those times. And I think about so many of the situations in Endgame and I don't know, this may be a little bit (laughs) me trying to compare the two, but it really makes me think of so many of my favorite moments in the movie were moments where the Avengers came together in their grief and their pain and were Mm. like, hey, you're not alone. I'm Mm. here with you. And there was so much power in that. And that was what was so moving to me was where they were like, I know we failed but we failed together. We're going to, we're going to get through this together. I want to feel the pain with you. Like let's grieve together instead of isolating ourselves. That's the healthy way to get through this. So I really love this song, especially when you're, if you're going through kind of a tough time, it just feels like a very healing and hopeful thing to listen to. All right, that wraps up our special MCU episode. Oof. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was yeah. fun. I really want to go watch the movie again. Me too. I, I'm gonna. I was just texting my friend as he was. Yes, come on. Yeah. We need to like host a Real FM watch Ooh, party or something. Someday. Yes, please. Let's go. That would be fun. <laughs> the crazy thing is, the uh, MCU picks right back up in a few months with the new Spider-Man movie. Really? So. Okay, so I haven't seen the other one yet. I'm so out of order with all my movies. So I'm really excited now. Up, yeah. I'm excited now to go see the Spider-Man because I love. Spider-Man in both of these yes. last movies and then uh, I'm interested Captain to see Marvel. what Spider-Man yeah how they'll do that because yeah. he's seen some stuff now yeah. so right. he's got PTSD some PTSD to maybe. work through <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.